0: Welcome to the audio podcast of Dwell in the Word from First Reformed Church in Edgerton, Minnesota. Bible readings and devotional commentary to help you grow in faith by dwelling in God's Holy Word. Welcome to Dwell in the Word. Today is Monday. It is August 16th. We are going to start out with a prayer from lifting up our hearts. Let us pray. Grant, Almighty God, that as we abound in so many vices by which we daily provoke your wrath... And as by the testimony of our consciences, we are justly exposed to everlasting death and deserve a hundred and even a thousand deaths. Grant that we may strive against the unbelief of our flesh and so embrace your infinite mercy that we may not doubt that you will be propitious to us. And yet not abuse this privilege by taking liberty to sin. But with fear and true humility and care, so walk according to your word, that we may not hesitate daily to flee to your mercy, that we may thereby be sustained and kept in safety, until having at length put off all vices and being freed from all sin, we come to your celestial kingdom to enjoy the fruit of our faith, even that eternal inheritance that has been obtained for us by the blood of your only begotten Son. Amen. All right. We are landing here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to be reading from verse 10 of this chapter through verse 17 today. Hear the word of the Lord. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there may be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one may say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the house of Stephanas. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. So as we land in this section of chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, we see some of the issues that are that are boiling under the surface here in the church in Corinth. There seems to be a lot of division. And so we see Paul saying, I appeal to you to, to have unity. Now, What is his appeal in? It's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants them to be united. He wants them to have the same mind and the same judgment. Now, notice what they are to unite around. They're to unite around this idea of who Jesus is and and what it means to follow him and what his word has to say, right? This is not just some random unity. Uh, This isn't a bunch of people who don't get along and Paul is saying, you know, can't we have a group hug? It doesn't matter what you think about who Jesus is or or what you think uh, God's word means or anything. Not, none of this matters. Just, just be united for unity's sake. That, that's not at all what is being said. In fact, we're going to see that that's not what Paul means because he's calling them to stand firm in the gospel. And if somebody gets the gospel wrong, it'd be very difficult to be united to them. So he is asking them to unite around Christ. And so what has happened is, is we have people who are on different, uh, different ideas of who it is that they are following. You know, we see that some say they're following Paul, some Peter, some Apollos. Uh, some say they follow Christ, which, which honestly is the correct answer, right? Uh, but when Paul gets to verse 13, he says, is Christ divided? So is there not unity? When we are in Christ, are we not all united to him? Um, is, is Paul somebody that they should say they follow? No, because what does Paul himself say? Was Paul crucified for you? Look, he's saying, follow the one who died for you. Follow the one who bore the wrath of God for your sin. Follow him. He's the one that you are to unite around. And notice what else he does. He brings it back to baptism, right? He goes, were you baptized in the name of Paul? No, you were baptized in... The name of Jesus. You were baptized in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as Christ commanded in Matthew 28, right? This is how they were baptized. This is who they were baptized into. This is who they are united to. This is who they have faith in. That is what they are to unite around. Do not divide Christ, he's saying. So don't say that you are uh, following Paul or Apollos. Instead, follow Christ. You are his people. Be united in him. And so look at what Paul has to say here in verse 17. And this is going to be seen as important as we move on uh, from this into verse 18 and the rest of the chapter. He says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. They are to be united around the message of the gospel. That's what Paul came to do. Now, he did baptize, but he's glad that he didn't baptize everybody because then everybody would say, hey, I have the best Person that I'm following because he it's Paul and he baptized me, so my Christianity is greater than yours. They they could easily rank things that way, and so Paul is saying, "I'm glad I hardly baptized anybody there." But he said, "Really, what's going on here is, is um, Jesus didn't send me to baptize; he sent me to proclaim the gospel." And notice what he says here: "Not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power." What what is he saying here? He's saying that. This, this idea of, of fancy speech isn't necessary. This idea that they had in their culture and the, in Corinth, uh, rhetorical skill was an important thing. And so you would follow the person who had the best story, the person who told the, the, the story in the best way and had this gift or, or had the best speech to lead people along. But Paul's saying, I'm not worried about any of that. I'm worried about the message of the cross, I'm not worried about having eloquent wisdom. I'm worried about about what God has done in Christ through the power of his death, resurrection, and ascension. And what does he say here? That if it was eloquent wisdom, then the cross of Christ will be emptied of its power. And what he means here is that, that the message is what is important. Sure, you could find somebody who's a fantastic speaker and you could lead them along the way and you could convince them with fancy words. But Paul is saying, that's not what I'm here to do. What I'm here to do is to proclaim the gospel and people are going to hear it and they're going to believe it because it's true and the spirit is going to work and people are going to be, be drawn to the power of the cross. And he doesn't want his ability, his personal uh, status, his personal personal gifting to be what brings people to faith. He wants the message of the cross, the message of Christ and him crucified to bring people to faith. And so what does this mean for us? How how does this impact us as we get up and go out and walk into the world today? Well, we need to remember this true message that we are following Christ and and not because of of anything that, that we think is better there, but because of the gospel itself. Not because we think that that somehow the person that we heard the message from is the most eloquent or the most smartest, but because the message of the cross is true. The message of the cross is something that the Holy Spirit has put into our hearts to believe by faith, and we now desire to follow Christ because he has saved us. And so may we unite around that message. May that be what we listen for. As I've said several times before, if you want to do some discernment on on what is true Christian teaching, Listen to what they make of Christ. Listen to what they make of the cross. You will very quickly understand when they preach the gospel of God's grace, the power of Christ in him crucified. You'll know, you'll know whether or not they're speaking truth because that is where the power of the Christian faith is found. So may we remember that and may we listen for that message, trusting that God is going to use that message to build up our faith today and every day. Let us go to prayer. Gracious God, what a blessing it is when your people live in harmony with one another. Grant that we would center ourselves on your word and the sufficiency of Christ and his gospel, that we might be united around the truth of your word. Bless us with the desire to serve one another and live in peace with our sisters and brothers in the Lord. This Monday, we pray that you would equip us with the full armor of God, that we might be protected from the wiles of the evil one. Bless us today with the breastplate of righteousness. Through the work of your word in us, may we continually be reminded that our righteousness comes not from within ourselves, but from the perfect righteousness of Jesus given to us as a gift. May this truth protect our hearts as we step out to serve you today and in the coming week. And as we begin our day, we look to you as our strength and our shield. Our hearts trust in you and we exult and give thanks to you for you are the strength of your people. We pray all these things in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Have yourself an excellent Monday. Thank you for listening to Dwell in the Word. You can find more information about First Reformed Church at our website, edgertonfrc.org. Dwell in the Word episodes are available weekdays on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can also watch the video versions of these devotions at our Facebook page and YouTube channel.